Well, my message title today is, It Is Written Is All That Faith Needs. If you got your bulletin this morning, I want you to write that down. Write that down. Say, It Is Written Is All That Faith Needs. Somebody say, Amen. Now, if you got your Bibles, I want you to go to Hebrews 11 and start with verse 1, and it simply says this. We've been teaching on faith, and I don't know about you, but it's been building up my faith, amen. I've been believing God for more things. Somebody say amen. I've been believing God for new things. Somebody say amen. But Hebrews 11:1 1 says this, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I want you to say that this morning and say, now faith is the substance of of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Amen. It's important for us to know this morning that uh, a great man of God wrote this in, in a book called Christ the Healer. If you need healing in your body, if you know somebody, you need to download this book. You need to find this book. It's called Christ the Healer by F.F. Bosworth. And in that book, he coins this phrase. He, he says this phrase, and it's not in the Bible, but it's a powerful word. And he says this. He says, faith begins where the will of God is known. I want you to write that down this morning, or just confess that this morning and say, faith begins where the will of God is known. So you've got to know what the will of God is in order to have faith for it. Somebody say amen. And so faith must rest on the will of God alone, not on our desires and not on our wishes. I'm going to say that again. I don't know if you got it this morning. Faith must rest. It must rely on the will of God only. Somebody say only. All right, say it like you mean it this morning. Say only. Only, amen. Not on our desires or on our wishes. Appropriating faith is not believing that God can, but that God will. Somebody say, God will restore me. Somebody say, God will bless me. Amen. And just keep on confessing what God's word says because you can say it this way. I'll just say this. Say, God will heal me. Amen. God already has healed you. The Bible says, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. Somebody say amen. And see, those who claim to believe in healing, but they say one word in favor of it, and then many times 10 words against it, cannot produce faith for healing. You know, if you went to go do something, like how many have ever tried to turn on the water and get the water hot? Anybody tried to get hot water? Anybody tried to get hot water off of your spigot before? How many know you can't keep turning it on the hot and then turn it back to the cold and then turn it back to the hot and expect it to stay hot if you keep turning it back to the cold? See, that's what happens a lot of times is, is we come into the house of God, we come into the church, and then all of a sudden we hear a faith message, we get fired up, and we get turned on to the hot water. Somebody say, praise God. We're now, we're bubbling, we're, we're in the hot water, and then what happens is we walk outside or something happens, somebody gives us a phone call, and then all of a sudden we turn it back on the cold water 
because it wasn't what we expected to hear. It wasn't what we expected to see. It wasn't what, you know, how many know that like in giving, for instance, if you gave of your, if, it was, if today was the first day that you gave of your tithes, because it takes faith to tithe, when if you did that, how many know the enemy's going to immediately come and he's going to try to cause something to happen in your life and say, oh, see, you shouldn't have done that. But then, you know, you turn around and you say, no, devil, it is written. The Bible says to bring all the tithes into the storehouse and my God shall supply all my needs. See, you got to know that it is written. Like I said, it is written is all that faith needs. But you've got to know what is written. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You've got to know it. And see, faith must rest on the will of God of alone and not on desires and wishes, but on the faith of God, on the will of God alone. I, I ask this question, and I know you know the answer to it, but is it still the will of God as it was in the past to heal all who are in need of healing? Somebody say yes. It is still God's will. The greatest barrier to faith of many seeking healing, prosperity, whatever it is in, your, in their lives, or in, and especially in someone's body for healing, is an uncertainty in their minds as it to being the will of God to heal all. See, a lot of people, they believe that it's God's will to heal some, and they like to say it like this, well, I know God can heal, but they just don't know that God will heal them. Well, I don't know if, if God can, you know, if God wants to, God can. No, God will, God shall. Somebody say amen. You cannot have any uncertainty about the will of God in order for you to receive it. See, near, nearly everyone knows that God heals, and they must understand that God has provided healing for all. I want you to just say this this morning and say, God heals all the time, all the time. God heals all the time. And healing is a blessing that God offers. It is impossible to boldly claim by faith a blessing that we are not sure God offers. You know, if I had a present or if I had something in my pocket and I said I had something I would like to give you and I said, here, I want to give this to you. If you weren't sure if you weren't certain that you could trust my word, how many know not, you might not come forward to receive whatever it was that was in my pocket? But if you trusted in my word, if you trusted in what I said, if I was somebody that was reliable, how many know God is always reliable? How many know God is someone we can trust in? How many know God is, has, is a powerful God? He can make a way where there seems to be no way. Somebody say amen. And so that's what we had to do. We had to go to God and say, God, and claim it by his word and trust God and say, God, I know your word says, and I know that it's written. And therefore, because it is written, I have faith to receive my blessing. Somebody say amen. You know, for instance, you know, it, is, it would be impossible to get a sinner to be, believe in Christ Jesus and believe unto righteousness before they had fully been convinced of who Christ is in their life. It does no good for you to just pray a coin prayer just to pray the prayer if you don't really believe that Christ died, came to this earth, died for your sins, died on a cruel cross, went down to hell 
took the keys of hell, death, hell, and the grave and is resurrected again and now is seated in heaven. You've got to know that you know that you know that Jesus is alive. Do I have anybody in the house this morning that knows that Jesus is alive? Amen. Let's give God some praise this morning. How many know Jesus is alive? But you got to know it. You got to be fully convinced. See, I have, there is no doubt in my life that Jesus is alive. And so faith is expecting God to do his will. Until a person knows God's will, he or she has no basis for faith. Faith, again, begins where the will of God is known. Faith is expecting God to do what we know it is his will to do. It's expecting God to do it. How many of you have expectations in your life? How many of you, you know, have relationships with people, uh, maybe your kids or maybe your parents or whoever it is, and you, you know, if you tell your child to go and clean their room, how many of you expect them to clean their room? Amen. And if you have, uh, you expect your kids to get good grades in school. Amen. Your, your kids, they expect you to, to put a roof over their head and have food on the table. How many of you know that's just an expectation, right? But see, if we can have that earthly expectation in our own earthly relationships, how much more can we expect God, who is the creator of heaven and earth, the one that said, let there be light, and there was light. There was no sun, there was no stars. He just said, let there be light, and there was light. And so if we serve him, if we worship a God who is the creator of heaven and earth, how much more should we trust in his word and in his will? Somebody say amen. See, we know that it's God's will. It's not difficult. Uh, It should not be difficult for us to believe that God will do what he said he would do. I love that. You know, sometimes you're just saying that. How many know God will do what he said he would do? The problem is, is many people don't know what God said he would do. So they love to sing that song, God will do what he said he will do, but then they don't know what God said he would do. How many know that there's a hurricane out there? How many know God didn't say he'd bring hurricanes? That's not God. Amen? I got one amen. How many know God doesn't bring hurricanes? And see, because we live in this world, we live in the fallen world that Ad, because of Adam's sin and because of his disobedience, the enemy took over authority in the earth and the enemy comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's not from God, that's from the devil. Somebody say amen. And see, it's important for us to know that God will do what he said he would do. God will restore. God will heal. God will not forsake you. God will be with you in times of trouble. God will be with you everywhere that you go. Somebody say amen. You just ought to need, you need to do that this week. You need to keep confessing on what God said he would do. Just say, God said, God will heal me. God will bless me. God will prosper me. God will watch over me. God will protect me and my family. Somebody say amen. And see, when we know that it is God's will, it's not hard for us to believe that he will do what he said he would do. It's the same way that every saved person has experienced in the miracle of the new birth. There can be no appropriation by faith until we are made to know by the gospel what God has provided for us. 
You've got to know what God has provided. Hold up your Bible this morning. Kids, if you got your Bible this morning, hopefully you got your Bible. Hold your Bible up this morning and say, this is my Bible. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. But you've got to know what it says. You've got to know what's written. You've got to know what you can have. Somebody say amen. And so we must be connected to the vine of Christ. There is an abundant life being connected to the vine of Christ. See, there is no connection if you don't know what his word says. Right? Yeah, how many have ever taken a, a grape? And how many, how many know when you buy grapes at the store, those grapes are still on a cluster, Right? And so they don't get, they don't start to go bad. But how many of you have ever taken some time and you ever look at the grapes that fallen off the cluster that's already in the bag? Or you accidentally pull some of them off and they fall down in the bottom of the bag? What happens to those grapes? They start to prune up. They start to shrivel up because they're no longer connected to the vine. See, I want to encourage you today. That, that, that the enemy will try to come. He may try to bring things in your life, but you don't let that deter you. Somebody say amen. You got to know what God's will is. You got to know what God's word says. Somebody say amen. And so it is important to stay connected to the vine. Sometimes what looks good in the natural is not what God wants you to do at all. Somebody say amen. It may look good. It may sound good. It may taste good. What, did, what happened with Eve in the garden? All of a sudden, she saw that fruit, and it looked good to her eyes. That's what happened. It looked good. And so we can't substitute the things of God. We, substitution without union is not sufficient for our possession and enjoyment of life on the vine with Christ. In other words, someone can't live your life for you. You, you know what? I mean, as, as, as great as, as your prayers are for you and your family and your kids, at some point, your family, that person has to go and say, I'm going to choose to live for Christ myself. Somebody say amen. That's why it's important that every time the door is open, every time that there's a stream online, you should do your best. You should be going back and listening to messages over and over and building your faith so that way your kids ought to be in the house of the Lord. Somebody say amen. It's not more important for them to work a part-time job than for them to be in the house of the Lord. I trust me, I guarantee you, God, it's not more important for them to stay home to do homework than for them to come into the house of the Lord. Somebody say amen. Because there's an anointing in the house. There's an anointing for what God wants to do in their lives. Somebody say amen. And it makes a difference when they come and they hear the word of faith being preached. Somebody say amen. And so if you need a miracle, then get in tune with the miracle worker. We enjoy life on the vine by our union, our perfect union with Christ, with the vine. Amen. And so asking for healing while refusing to be led by the Spirit is like asking a carpenter to repair your house, but refusing to let him in the house. I could say it this way, asking for healing while refusing to be led by the Spirit is like asking a mechanic to fix your car, but you won't give him the keys to the car to crank it up and try to fix it. You have to begin to connect to the vine. 
and connect to the things of God. The Bible says this, Matthew 14, 36, you don't have to go there. I just it referenced this. As many as touched Jesus, as touched him, they were made perfectly whole. Are you touching him? Are you connected to the vine? Are you still reaching out? Just because you're here today, are you still connected to the vine? That's what our communion was about this morning, is getting us back connected to the vine of Christ in our lives. Somebody say amen. See, you cannot touch him with a reservation. See, like the woman with the issue of blood, she pressed through and the throng. She pressed through and touched him. Sometimes, how many of you know, you've got to elbow through the selfishness. You've got to elbow through disobedience. You've got to elbow through unconfessed sins. You've got to elbow through lukewarmness and public opinion and traditions of men. You've got to elbow through all that of what society says is right and maybe other articles that are written that are against divine healing. You've got to elbow through that to get to the place that you touch the hem of his garment. Somebody say amen. amen. Press beyond the doubts. Press beyond the double-mindedness. Press beyond the symptoms and the feelings and the lying serpent. Press beyond those and say, no, no, I'm not going to miss my healing. I'm not going to miss my touch. I'm not going to miss my favor. I'm going to reach out and I'm going to take a hold of what God has for me because it is written. And if it is written, then it is mine by faith. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is the one that Jesus said, I must go away, and then he sent the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is who is sent to execute the blessings of redemption, because how many know the Holy Spirit is your helper? I want you to just confess that this morning and say, the Holy Spirit is my helper. He is your helper. He is the one, but, and, as, and he helps you to be led by the Spirit of God. Somebody say amen. amen. He is ready to help us press through beyond all the obstacles to the place where we can touch Jesus for our needs. How many know you don't have to press through with your own strength? We just confessed this on Wednesday night. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I want you to just confess that this morning and say, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. See, you got to press through with the help of the Holy Spirit. How many have ever been there before, but you just needed the Holy Spirit to help to get you to that place that you could receive that peace. You just needed the Holy Spirit to help press through, to get you to that place that you could receive of that, of that comfort. How many know, because sometimes words aren't enough. Sometimes people aren't enough. How many know you need the help of the Holy Spirit to get to the place that you stay connected to the vine? Somebody say amen. And see, he is ready. The Holy Spirit is ready to help us press through those obstacles that the world, the flesh, and the devil may bring. We can press through. How many know we overcome? I want you just to declare that this morning. Say, I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. 
Sometimes, you know what, some of us need to start opening up and sharing our testimony. Because in order for you to overcome, you've got to open up and you've got to declare your testimony. Somebody say amen. See, God is waiting to pour out the Holy Spirit in fullness upon us. He's waiting on us to press through so that the Holy Spirit, he's waiting on us. The Bible says it this way, you have not because you ask not. He knows what you have need of before you ask. But sometimes you got to press through and just say, God, I need to ask you. God is waiting to pour out until we ask, until we do. He, the Holy Spirit comes as Christ executive to execute for us all the blessings provided at Calvary or at the cross. See, we can experience those blessings and touch God today. It is true that as many as touch him are made whole. But how do we touch him? How do we touch something that we can't see with our physical eye? How do we touch him? By believing his promise. See, this is an infallible way of touching Christ for anything that he has promised. We touch Christ by asking and believing that he hears our prayers when we pray. See, when the woman touched him, it was her faith that made her whole. This is not a mere physical touch, for it is the spirit that quickeneth and gives life, and the flesh profiteth nothing. See, faith is an act. Put your faith in action. Just turn to somebody and say, put your faith in action. Now go with me to James chapter 2. James chapter 2, and I'm going to start with verse 17 about putting your faith in action. He said this in James chapter 2, verse 17. He said, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Just say that this morning. Say, faith without works is dead. See, getting things and receiving things from God, I heard it in an example like this, is kind of like playing checkers. Anybody ever played checkers before? See, after one person moves, he has nothing to do until the other player moves. It's one person goes, then the next person goes. Each person moves, or each being moves at his own turn. So I want you to think about this. When Jesus died on the cross... That was God's move. He provided healing. He provided everything that we would ever need. That was what we needed. And so all of a sudden, Christ has moved. He made his move. He's waiting on us to do our next move, which is either to ask him, to receive it, to do what it is that he wants us to do. Somebody say amen. And so each man moves at his own turn. When God has provided healing or any other blessing, He sent us his word, and it is our move before he will move again. In other words, 
our move is to expect that what God promises when we pray, that we'll receive what it is that we pray. Our move is to believe what God's word says. Our move is to believe that it is written and that's all that faith needs because it is written. Somebody say amen. See, look at this. Look at this in Mark eleven twenty three and 24. I know you know this. I've heard me quote it, but I want you to get it. I want you to get it down on the inside. It says, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Right there. When you pray, believe. Your move is to believe that when you pray, that you will receive what God, what you have prayed. Somebody say amen. This will cause us to act our faith before we see the healing. The healing comes in the next move in God. How many know God will move on our behalf when we move? God never moves out of his turn. He always moves when it is his turn. I want you to think about this. When Noah was warned of God, of the things not yet seen, his move was to believe that there was a flood coming. He acted on his faith. He acted by faith by building a ship on dry land. I don't know if you realize this, but it took Noah hundreds of years to build the ark. And so he received the word and then he acted on what the word of what God gave him. Like Noah, we are informed of things not yet seen. Your move is the same as Noah's, which is to believe and to act accordingly. Man's fallen nature is governed by what it sees and by its senses. But faith, somebody say faith, is governed purely by what is written is by the word of God and expecting God to do what he promises. It is treating him like he is who he says he is. How many know he is the great I am? He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. He is I am. He is who he says he is. By expectation, I do not mean hope. Someone said, we hope for what may be possible, but we expect what must be possible. With expectancy that shuts out doubt or fear of failure and shows unshakable confidence. Somebody say unshakable confidence. See, faith never waits to see before it believes. It has an unshakable confidence. See, you know, if I told Lexi, my little, my little daughter, if I told her and promised her that next Saturday you're going to have a new dress, and I promised Lexi, I said, next, Lexi, next Saturday, I promise you, you're gonna, we're going to have a new dress. How many know that faith is the actual expectation that she has 
and it manifests between now and Saturday. When Saturday comes and she sees the new dress, faith for the new dress stops because she sees it, she has it. Real faith always has corresponding actions. In other words, Lexi, because of her faith, you know what she says? She'll get a smile on her face and she'll say, oh, goody, goody, daddy's going to buy me a new dress. And she'll go and she'll tell all her little friends at school and all of her friends at church, you know what? Daddy's going to get me, I'm going to have a new dress on Saturday. She hasn't seen it yet. She hasn't touched it yet, but she has a promise from her father that she's going to be able to receive it on Saturday. See, you have a promise from your heavenly father that by Jesus stripes, you are healed. You have a promise that by God, that, that, that God says that I shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. See, thus saith the Lord settles everything and it is written is all that faith needs. Faith always blows the ram's horn before, not after the walls have fallen down. See, there are things that you have to do before you see the walls fall down. Faith never judges according to the sight of the eyes. It is the evidence of things not seen, but they are promised. It is the evidence of things promised. Faith rests on far more solid ground than the evidence of the senses. It is the word of God which abideth forever. Our senses may deceive us, but God's word never fails. I want you to just confess that this morning and say, God's word never fails. It is written, is all that faith needs. How many received that this morning? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I encourage you today to put your faith in action. Begin to do, begin to act according to the faith that you're believing for. If you're believing for a new job, put in job applications. If you're believing for a new car, then start writing out what kind of car you're believing for. Start finding out what kind of finances you need to obtain what God has for you. Somebody say amen. I don't know what it is. If you're believing for healing, start acting on your healing. Start believing God today. Somebody say amen.